going? Good. Good. How you doing? The Rainbow Warriors. Well done. Rainbow Warriors, man. That's all we're doing. Played there a few times. Aloha Stadium. Are you in the same conference as them? Whack. For a couple of years. I can't keep track of the I know. They were, they were good. That was Colt, Colt Brennan. Yeah. All that good stuff. Yeah. I didn't play against him, but that was my no, red shirt year. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just start off talking about the, the run game, especially in the first half. You seem to, to find some things there, just just where you are and, and kind of what went into an improved run effort yesterday overall. i say we we're taking steps. Uh, you know, in the run game, I think we, I think we did some nice things in there. I thought some of the uh, some of the gap stuff, some of the you know, we're pulling our guys maybe a little bit more than we have in the past the last few weeks, and I think it's been really beneficial for our guys. And we got Mac back involved a little bit as a, as the in the backfield. I thought that was beneficial for us, and so uh, thought there's some really nice things to build off of there. Do you save plays for let's say like you guys are in position now to play in the postseason? Or are you trying to, if, if there's going to be a play that you would use in the postseason, you want to see it during the regular season? It's a great question. Uh, I mean, I, we're still trying to win games. So if something helps us win a game, I, I feel like we'll, uh, we'll we'll utilize it. And if we ever get into a different situation, then we'll, we'll obviously handle it differently. But to me, we're just trying to win ball games. Maybe we can always say, Dak was throwing you over there. But after that, with the win and all that, how would you assess how you played yesterday? I thought Dak did a nice job. Uh, the way they were going to play us, they're going to make us go the long way. I think they do a really good job of that. They always have in New York with uh, with their defense. You know, he's seventy five percent completion. He found a bunch of completions. Did a really nice job with of that. Uh, obviously, we're always looking for explosives and different opportunities like that. But uh, you know, I thought I thought he stayed within the game and did a nice job. Sometimes you would like them to, even though they, they got two safeties deep, say this is this challenge once or twice. I think depending on the game and the flow of the game, sometimes there are times to challenge people. But I uh, felt like the way we were playing that game, it, you know, uh, felt like just keep finding completions, keep grinding it out, and I felt like we were going to be in a good position at the end. Did the weather affect deep balls as well a little bit? There's a little breeze. Uh, There's probably one that kind of just got got stuck up there a little bit. But uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think he handles weather really really well for a quarterback. Why are bubble screens or rocket screen, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> quick screens, such a, a Red zone focus for you guys. I think just giving ourselves get the ball out in space for guys, get, give our guys opportunities. Obviously, the field vertically gets uh, narrowed a little bit, and so we can still stretch them horizontally. And uh, we had a couple close ones there. Uh, CD, I think, kind of lost the, lost the ball in the sun there on one one that uh, that kind of put us in a little goofy situation. But you know that happens. CD said after the game he felt like he played terrible. How much was the sun factor when y'all talk about the plays after and? I'd say the sun is just kind of like a first quarter down that corner of the end zone, and then after that, it kind of seemed to seem to get away from the field enough for for guys to play ball. But uh, you know, those, those games happen. Obviously, uh, we had a few few drops in there. Uh, you, know, you just got to keep keep playing, keep responding the right way. You're going to get more opportunities as the game progresses, and uh, you know, I think uh, we can all just keep keep working through that. What are they doing to take Amari away? He didn't get a lot of targets yesterday. 
Yeah, I think he had five targets probably. Um, you know, I th thought they kept the shell on top. You know, uh, really both edges. A lot of our completions were in the hat between the hashes and between the numbers specifically. And so I think that was where our opportunities presented themselves. And so obviously a game like that, you end up seeing Schultz gets a number of catches, CD gets a number of catches. They end up being a little bit more of that check down CD or uh, TP and Zeke had some more. And so the perimeters they kind of stuck the shell on top of that. And so. Uh, you know, we're always trying to trying to get opportunities for those guys. We feel great about them, and uh, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, we'll, we'll take advantage of one on ones outside. Why was Sunday the right time to go back to Connor and McGovern at left guard, and what did you make of how that worked out? I think it was a really really good uh, opportunity. Get a full week of practice. Connor Connor Williams get back in there at left guard. Uh, I thought you know what McGovern brings in the backfield is really special. And he does a great job of it, and uh, so I think I think we're in a really good place. And so continue to progress with these guys. And uh, obviously left tackle we kind of had Terrence and Ty both play just because Terrence hasn't played a ton over there. Ty's kind of been uh, you know always kind of played left tackle. Terrence is kind of mostly right tackle. So we felt like playing both those guys over there gave them an opportunity to kind of both platoon. They kind of had a nice balance there and let the other guys roll. On the Schultz touchdown, were you hoping that Connor McGovern would have got that? Yes. <laughs> yes, uh, I think everyone wanted it. But uh, they covered McGovern. Uh, so, you know, it happens. You know, maybe we'll see if we can get another one. Sorry, there was, a, there was a pretty big disparity between Schultz's production in the first six games and the next seven. Uh, I understand what you said about coverage yesterday, but is there a reason for that disparity and is that something that you need to try to intentionally work into what you're doing regardless of the coverage? Well, I think we always want to get guys. We always talk ball distribution, trying to get a lot of guys involved in the game, and you know, it's something probably for myself. I'm always trying to find different ways to get guys the ball, and you know, get guys out in space, get guys opportunities, touches, because you know that's what we want. I think we had nine guys that touched the ball in this game, and so while there's guys that hey, you'd love to get Amari more more touches, we we did get the ball distributed around, and I think that's an important aspect. Uh, you know, defense is going to play us a certain way, but we still want to get the ball to all our different guys and. Uh, you know, this game presents Schultz a lot of opportunities inside. And so, uh, you know, those guys, we want, want them to get the ball. This is, I mean, I apologize for basic, I mean, football one-on-one, -on -one, but people always say you, you want to attack the defense in a way that makes them switch up. Is it fair on some level to think that defenses are just unwilling to change the way they're playing? I mean, it doesn't seem like they're presenting you with a lot of different looks, regardless of whether or not other things are, are working. I'd say, uh, you know, we're, we're being tested of our patience a little bit at times lately. And so I think, uh, you know, this game was a great example. I know it wasn't fancy by, by Dak, but I thought he kept finding completions, kept doing a good job. Uh, do we want to finish a couple and get, get a few more points out of those? Absolutely. But, uh, you know, I think you got you sometimes you're going to test your patience. And eventually, if the script gets flipped, then let's take advantage of opportunities outside. Not so much, no, not really this game in general, but like, if, if a team is presenting that to you just too high all the time, doesn't want to give you those looks, is there an effective way to shake them out of playing that way? Well, I think obviously they're giving you opportunities to run the football, and they're going to make you go. Uh, in general, they're going to try and make you go the long way. They're going to try and create eight, ten play drives and hope the offense at some point slips up, and then you know they get you behind the sticks. And now it's a challenge to to make large, large chunk plays uh, when they play too high safeties. And I think it's a little, obviously a little bit of a trend across the league. Everyone's kind of uh, you know seems to be a very common uh, approach by a lot of teams. And so you know sometimes it's to make you go the long way, and you got to be willing to do that. And at the same time, still aggressively, you know, when you do get those opportunities, take them. And, you know, when they do give you one-on-ones, you got to be ready to take them. 
Hack was saying on that turnover he had in the fourth quarter, that was an example of him being a little greedy, going for something. That is that an example on teams are willing to, to ride this out all the way through because they just assume at, at some point you're gonna your instincts are gonna kick in and you're gonna force something. Yeah, I think so. I think that's that's obviously a great example. I think uh, just keep chipping away. That was in the fourth quarter. Just. Just take a little completion, move on. We're going. We're going to have one nice long drive there early in the fourth. Drive it all the way down the field and and get some points. And so, uh, you know, obviously at times we we got to check ourselves as well. What's the biggest impact when you guys have virtual meetings before and after practice, and how does that affect your teaching ability to say what this is what's in the plan? I would say our guys have gotten really good at them. I, I really think in, in many ways it's. They're very comfortable with it. Uh, I think we do a great job with, of it. Do group settings. We can then break up into small groups. Sometimes, you know, you lose a little bit of the interaction aspect of it, and uh, and potentially some of our additional walkthroughs that we do within meeting times. Because a lot of times you'll have a large block of a two-hour meeting time, but guys don't want to sit in a room for two hours. And so sometimes, you know, last 20 minutes, last 30 minutes may become a walkthrough, and so you do lose a little bit of that. But uh, I think we're trying to find different creative ways to. Uh, you know, find ways to maybe extend the the practice just a little bit so we can maybe you know get some of that walkthrough that we miss. When you're in person with these guys, does it? Can you tell when it's like, yeah, we better we better try and do something different because we're kind of losing <laughs> right now, or, or is, is it just a kind of a set time that you just hey, I'm going to have this meeting? I think our our meetings are pretty regulated, pretty routine, and so. Uh, yeah, I think guys kind of know when the breaks are going to be. Obviously, you, you do get a little bit more of the where guys are if they're uh, if they're tired, fatigued, uh, maybe need a little quick little break, a little a uh, little more interaction, whatever it may be. But I I really think our guys handle the the uh, the meetings you know pretty well. And in some cases, you know, you wake up and you just pop right onto your computer, and then they're not driving down here until later in the day. And so uh, in many ways, it probably you know keeps guys in their comfort zone and, and allows them to to stay at home for a little bit longer. Have you done anything differently in terms of if you try to read a book, talk to someone about these virtual meetings just to, to try to keep guys engaged because you're a former player, you know how these meetings can sometimes become a game. We did a little session in the uh, spring when, when obviously the, the OTA phase started as purely virtual and, and no components of being in person. And so we had a little session with uh, some college professors to kind of talk through that because colleges are obviously living in this world. And so, uh, you know, it was interesting, you know, and uh, you le learned a few things. Just the amount of, you kind of got to change up the presentation and you can't sit there and, you know, just go through PowerPoint slides for, you know, none of us want to do that, right? And so for us, we have to remind ourselves you can't just sit there and click through 100 slides over the course of 45 minutes and think you're going to get what you want out of it. So. Are your meetings different than this year compared to last? I think the biggest thing is we we're doing a better job of incorporating the video. Last year we had some technology things that were a little bit a little bit of a challenge. I think the technology is caught up to the point where that that we have that we can make it very much interactive, where you can see the the drawing, then go to the clip, drawing clip, and and we can show so much more film, so much more easily to the players. And so I think it's been really good. How consciously do you prepare and present differently virtual versus when you're in the room with a guy? I would say it's fairly similar. Uh, I think you just got to be conscious of you know the length and make sure because it's natural you're always sitting in a chair. Sometimes you just kind of get into the routine of just sitting there on your computer and you got to remember give guys breaks, get, let them go take five minutes so they can stand up, move around, do all those sorts of things that we all probably you know with all of our Zoom fatigue that we all have nowadays, uh, we need to stand up every once in a while.
So your presentation is still basically the same. You're just more cognizant of, well, okay, the, the body language is here. Maybe let's take a quick break. Or yeah, I think you know we're trying to create as much of a routine that feels the same. So the presentation is is obviously very similar because you know it's, it's simply just sharing the screen that you'd normally share in the meeting room. I think it's just reminding yourself to to give the guys a little break here and there and so they can they can break it up and you know come back with a little bit more energy grab a snack go to, go to the bathroom all the different things that you normally do in a meeting you just gotta remember to do those even virtually for those local professors or how how that get set up for y'all i don't know the exact connection they were at, they were from north texas uh and so they they came and presented us right before you know this would have been late late march right before we were about ready to start the uh the ota phase and we were we were going through that setting and so uh yeah, I think our guys do a good job. Our position coaches are then able to handle their means. I think that was the biggest aspect. They're able to do the film on their side as well. And so uh, I think it, it moves smoothly. We go from a team meeting, and they break out into, into offense and defense. Then we go into position meetings. And then at the end, end of that session, they go with Bones on special teams, and other guys stay in their, in their virtual meeting rooms. And so it feels very, uh, very similar to how we do it here. Hey, Mike said the concept is called bend back when y'all are kind of pushing the pile. What's the yeah. philosophy there? And how do you practice that in post, especially now at this <laughs> stage when like there's so little contact? Or how do you know that you're ready for it? I think it's just guys getting behind the pile and, and you know, given the presentation, obviously there's a there's a practice component. You're not trying to hurt your own players, push, get behind it. But we we obviously train it throughout training camp. That's a big opportunity for it. And our guys have done a really nice job. We had a couple in there. We had the uh, short yards to Zeke, and then the uh, sprinkle caught a pass where they almost shoved him into the end zone. And so uh, something we talk about a lot, just cover, finish, the bend backs. Uh, those are the kind of the terms we use. And I think our guys are doing a really good job. It's, it's hidden yards. You know, it's Zeke. And fall down and we can get a yard on that and get to first down but we got whatever it ended up being eight nine yards out of it and that that potentially gets you on the other side of the 50 and now you're now you're rolling physically zeke today compared to say two weeks ago when you're coming out of that three game 12 day stretch mm -hmm. what differences have you seen certainly looks better uh, you know i thought he's he's done a great job of you know fighting through everything that he's been dealing with uh you know, three games in 12 days is really hard on people. And then when you're putting in uh, injuries, it's really a, a challenge for everyone. And so uh, he's done a great job. You can see each the last couple of weeks, you can see the steps that he's making. And he just looks looks so much more confident out there and comfortable out there playing. Uh, you know, with he kind of got the brace going. And I just think he's, he's really comfortable right now. But Tony, are there times with this foot you have to say, can you make this cut on your left <laughs> foot and run that play? I think our approach to that game was really we're just going, you know, if he's ready, let's go. Let's go. And, and obviously, he's going to work with the trainers throughout the whole process. If something comes up that needs to be addressed or the, the plan changes, then we obviously just got to communicate about it. But, you know, we felt very comfortable with him being able to go out there and play. And obviously, you know, he showed that he was more than ready to play and took advantage of it. There are a few plays when Jack was kind of escaping the pocket, throwing on the run, getting the completions. Was that an element of his game that had been lost or less used in the last month? And if so, would it mean to see a bet? The scramble phase, obviously, is something we've we've emphasized here. Uh, you know, I thought this game presented a couple opportunities where our guys did a nice job of it. Uh, something probably we, we just could, had missed maybe some opportunities the last few weeks on those things. I think those are important aspects of the game where, hey, you want the play to go perfect. If it gets gets a little jacked up in some form, uh, we got to be ready to get to the next phase of it by time. Receivers got to be able to uh, adjust to that and get to the open spots. Thanks. Yep.